Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, broadcasting always from the Selmark Studios, along with Colleen Daniel and the About Mansfield news team. If I sound a little stuffy, it's because I am. Coming up today, it's Mansfield news and weather for the upcoming week. And a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to a local Mansfield eatery with our Mansfield trivia question, courtesy of Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance. Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week. Back to school bash draws thousands. The recent COVID-19 spread continues to increase locally. And we have a list of the lowest gas prices in Mansfield in our feature, Who's Got Gas? Coming up in the features section. I'm Dennis Webb. And in today's science segment, I will tell a space story about King Tut. Too much time in the sun can be harmful. I'm Angel Biasati, and today we're talking about sunburn prevention and Methodist Mansfield news to know. I'm diving headfirst into one of the most controversial topics we've ever covered today on the Mansfield Real Estate Report. I'm Beth Steinke, and don't miss this enlightening discussion about fences. In this week's Cocktail of the Week segment, I'll be talking about a cocktail that might have you saluting a new flag. Are we getting a break from the 100-degree days? We have the answer in the seven-day weather forecast. And in the talk segment, Steve talks in studio with a Mansfield teacher who has founded an organization to help local voters stay informed. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is about Mansfield. What do you see when you look at your trees? Beauty, shade, strength, long life? Trees can be destroyed instantly by great storms and over time by microscopic organisms and not to mention causes between those extremes. Trees can't complain or even move out of harm's way. They depend on human care. Nobody is more qualified to provide that care than the experts at Bartlett Tree Experts. Their specialty is preventive care, the kind that's the most cost-effective, the kind that is the best value in arboriculture. Bartlett representatives and technicians are trained and backed by the scientists of the Bartlett Tree Research Laboratories. They are your neighbors, completely knowledgeable about local trees and shrubs. For a free inspection from your local Bartlett Arborist, call 1-877-BARTLETT. Their advice is free and you're under no obligation. Your trees and shrubs are a large part of your property investment and deserve the best care. Bartlett Care. Call a Bartlett Certified Arborist today. 1-877-B-A-R-T-L-E-T-T or visit online at Bartlett I'm Philip Washington, Chief Investment Officer of Stonehill Wealth Management and host of the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast. First book I read in college was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it changed my life. And since then, I've read tons and tons of books on money. And what I've done is taken those lessons, simplified them, and I talk about those lessons on my podcast, Wealth Building Made Simple. So come hang out with us. We're on every major platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube, Wealth Building Made Simple. I'm Dr. Joseph Adams of Calibration Chiropractic and Functional Health. And if you or your loved one is suffering with headaches and or migraines, we invite you to come sit down with our team and see if we can find a solution. What we know about migraines is that they're a complex neurological disorder and there are many different triggers and appropriate treatment requires a team that can address all those factors. So if you or somebody you know is suffering from migraines, we invite you to come into the office and sit down and have a conversation with us and see if we can help you. Calibration Chiropractic and Functional Health, 408 South Main Street in downtown Mansfield. Hi, I'm Paula Giamma Morales, Tarrant County Jury Bailiff, 
and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield. Mansfield ISD hosted its seventh annual Back to School Bash on Saturday, drawing an estimated 17,000 school kids in need of supplies, backpacks, etc. Superintendent Dr. Kimberly Cantu talks about what it's like to host such a community event. So I think what's so special about our Back to School Bash is it's an opportunity for us to partner with the city and with so many community volunteers and organizations just to come together and provide so many wonderful things, not just things, but experiences for our families um, at the start of school. So it's really incredible. It's an opportunity for everyone to come together in a central location to kick off the school year. Community partners, families, faith partners, everyone is here to provide everything that our kids need and also to provide a lot of fun things for them to do just to get them in that back-to-school feeling. Teachers reported to work this week during Staff Development Week and are prepping their classrooms for the first day of school, which happens on Wednesday, August 17th. COVID-19 is still on the rise here locally, and with the update, here's our roving science reporter, Dennis Webb. Dennis? COVID-19 continues to spread locally. Tarrant County still judges the spread to be high. This past week, the county reported 210 new cases in Mansfield, a little more than the week before and the highest number since this past February, back at the end of the Omicron wave. Countywide trends are are similar, with 7.2% of the county's hospital beds holding the sickest of local COVID sufferers. This is a seven-fold increase over this indicator in May. Tarrant County Public Health recommends all eligible citizens get vaccinated. I'm back to using N95 masks when I go out. From the science desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Still suffering at the gas pump? Gas prices have dropped dramatically over the past month, and regular gas is in almost the $2 range. By patronizing stations with lower gas prices, it creates a glut at the more expensive stations, forcing them to drop their price. So, who has the lowest gas prices in Mansfield? We do, right here in this podcast, as it's time for another segment of Who's Got Gas? And Colleen, according to GasBuddy.com, and as of Tuesday afternoon, August 9th, get to know these gas stations because they are rocking the lowest gas prices here in town. The least expensive regular gas here in Mansfield, Murphy, USA, at Matlock and Debbie Lane at three eighteen a gallon. That's 21 cents a gallon lower than last week. Least expensive mid-grade, Kroger on Matlock near Debbie Lane. That's at three forty-five a gallon. That's twenty-three cents a gallon lower than last week. And finally, the least expensive premium gas here in Mansfield can be found at Murphy USA at Matlock and Debbie Lane at three sixty-eight a gallon. That's a whole twenty-five cents a gallon lower than last week. These prices do not include grocery store fuel rewards or other promotions. Membership stations such as Sam's Club traditionally run a few cents lower per gallon. So shop the best deal and bring that price down. We're almost in the two dollar range. Just a quick reminder that if you know of any news that's happening here in Mansfield, shoot us an email to news at aboutmansfield.com. That email address again is news at aboutmansfield.com. Please include your name and phone number in case we need more information. Friday, August 12th is National Vinyl Record Day. This is your chance to go old school and put the needle on the record. Vinyl music lovers all around the world have disagreements on a number of things, but one thing we think everyone can agree on is that vinyl records are here to stay. According to Statista.com, record enthusiasts spent $41 million on vinyl 
in 2021 alone. That's more than the total spent during the 20-year span of 1993 to 2013. While contemporary singer Adele sold the most vinyl LPs in 2021, classic artists such as ABBA, Fleetwood Mac, Nirvana, and Queen helped round out the top 10. It's probably safe to assume that you have your own collection of vinyl records stashed away somewhere. If you're looking to add to your vinyl collection, Half Price Books on the 287 Frontage Road near Home Depot is a great place to start, as well as estate sales or even Facebook Marketplace or eBay. So this Friday is your chance to dust off the old needle and let the music take you away on a cloud of good, good, good vibrations. Let's see if there are any clouds in our weather forecast for the upcoming week. Come on, Colleen. Send us some good vibrations. It's been a cruel, cruel summer so far, Steve. But into every life, a little rain must fall. And we're allegedly going to see a couple of magical things in our weather this week. A few days below 100 degrees and a bit of rain. The rain coverage will be hit or miss, but we have a 30% chance of rain on Wednesday and a 20% chance on Thursday. We're looking at slightly less hideous highs midweek, with a high on Wednesday of just 97 degrees, a high on Thursday of 98 degrees, 97 degrees on Friday, 98 degrees on Saturday, and then back up to 100 degrees on Sunday, 101 degrees Monday, and 102 on Tuesday. The Tarrant Regional Water District recommends that Mansfield sprinklers deliver up to one inch of irrigation this week. Follow the two-day schedule and subtract minutes from your second day if you receive any rainfall this week. This is where your rain gauge comes in handy. If you have some areas of the lawn that are struggling, consider planting a pollinator landscape bed with native plants instead of just resodding. For more watering tips, visit waterisawesome.com. Coming up after the break, we turn the page to the features section. As always, we're talking science, health, real estate, and rounding it out with the cocktail of the week. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. At Methodist Health System, every person we treat Good morning, class. is a vital part of the communities we call home. Table for two. That's why we're dedicated to exceptional, innovative care. From robotic surgery and advanced oncology to helping you find a healthier path. And hold that pose. Three, two, one. Being there when and where our neighbors need us. The doctor will be right in. That's community. And why so many people trust Methodist. Hi, this is Roger of the Roger and Beth team at Century 21 Judge Fight. The real estate market is far more dynamic today than it has ever been, with values changing quickly. Now is the time to get an update on your real estate portfolio. We're offering a no-cost, no-obligation real estate portfolio review to all About Mansfield podcast listeners. Visit our website at homesinmansfield.com to learn more and to stay on top of what's happening in your neighborhood. Thank you for allowing us to serve you as your go-to Mansfield area real estate resource. Again, that's homesinmansfield.com. Congratulations to Julie Namath, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. What year did the Mansfield ISD Center for the Performing Arts open? 
Julie knew that the Center for the Performing Arts opened its doors just in time for high school graduations in June of 2012. When we come back, this week's trivia question, this is about Mansfield. Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce the About Mansfield podcast episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities and can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great locally produced shows such as Ask Philip, Daughter of the Other Woman, Stir the Pot, He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not, and We Are TPM, just to name a few, and also handles post-production duties for remote clients such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Military Resource Radio out of Detroit. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need advice from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway just off of 287 in Mansfield, mention the About Mansfield podcast and record your first episode at no charge. For more information on starting your podcast, or if you're looking for a better place to record, Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com. Hi, this is Joe Jenkins with Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance, specializing in auto, home, commercial, and life insurance. I was born and raised here in Mansfield, Texas. We're active in the community, and Mansfield's a town we really care about. Our office has over 30 years' experience in the insurance industry, and we're passionate about what we do and about customer service. For a free quote, please visit our website at joejenkinsinsurance.com or give us a call at 817-472-6058. Once again, that website is joejenkinsinsurance.com. It is time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular About Mansfield trivia question. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to a local Mansfield eatery brought to you by Joe Jenkins Insurance. Whether you're looking for homeowners, auto, commercial, or any other type of insurance, Joe has helped Mansfield area residents understand the insurance coverage that best fit their needs since 2010. You can find him on the internet at joejenkinsinsurance.com. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen. Well, Steve, today's question takes us back to the 1800s. Charles A. Smith, also known as C.A. Smith, owned the first cotton gin in Mansfield. He also owned a building on Main Street, which still stands to this day. This week's question is, what two businesses currently occupy the C.A. Smith Building in historic downtown Mansfield. Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, what two businesses currently occupy the C.A. Smith Building in historic downtown Mansfield? Here's a little hint. The current owner of the building shares the same surname. Good luck, and thanks to Joe Jenkins Insurance for the gift card. This is Randall Kennedy, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. Let's open up the features section. What do laboratories, astronomy, and King Tut all have in common? Let's head on over to the science desk where roving science reporter Dennis Webb will give you the answer. Dennis? Thank you, Steve. A couple weeks ago, I was at an astronomy convention in New Mexico. One of the speakers was a researcher from Los Alamos National Laboratory, Dr. Mark Boslow. 
who shared a great presentation about extraterrestrial impacts on our planet. Dr. Boslow leads a team modeling impact events on our planet, including the aftermath of nuclear bombs, which is a concern of the Los Alamos National Lab. Anyway, the story starts with the discovery of King Tut's tomb in 1922. Among the artifacts was the boy king's ceremonial breastplate that incorporated a winged scarab made of yellow glassy material. In 1998, an Italian mineralogist got permission to shine lasers through this scarab and determined that it was the same thing as something called Libyan glass, which is found in the desert near the border of Egypt and Libya. Analysis of this glass suggested it was created 28 million years ago from an extraterrestrial event that, that created it. There is no geologic evidence of an impact crater here. However, the conditions of previously known events would not make this kind of glass on the surface. Dr. Boslow presented an analytic scenario where a sufficiently large impacting body would explode in the atmosphere and create conditions on the surface that could make this glass. The white-hot asteroid cloud vapor could make it to the ground to produce this glass, it's similar to the glass produced from sand at the Trinity site in New Mexico called Trinitite where the first atomic bomb was tested. Dr. Basel leads a team that uses supercomputers to model these kinds of events. This is not like the last word on this question, but it indicates how science works. If you have any questions about science, send an email to info at aboutmansfield.com. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Angel Biasati is having a little fun in the sun in today's Methodist Mansfield News to Know. Angel? Summer is here, and for many of us, it means spending time outdoors, enjoying the sun. However, one should take precautions to prevent sunburn, especially babies, children, and for people with fair skin. Fair skin burns easily, but people of all shades can burn and get cancer due to UV exposure. It is especially important to use a broad-spectrum sunscreen that provides protection against UVA and UVB rays. It is recommended you use an SPF of 30 or higher. I like water-resistant sunscreen. Slather it on generously to cover your lips, your face, your ears, your neck, your arms, and hands. And apply sunscreen 15 to 20 minutes before sun exposure and every two hours after swimming or sweating. Sunscreen with a sun protection factor of at least 30 or higher is best. Pay attention to the level and make sure it protects against ultraviolet A rays and ultraviolet B rays. The UVB are the sun's burning rays, which are blocked by window glass and are the primary cause of sunburn. UVA rays, which pass through the glass, are the aging rays and lead to signs of premature aging of the skin, such as wrinkling and age spots. Sunscreen should be applied to all skin that is bare. Also wear light-colored clothing that protects you from UV rays. Try to wear a long sleeve shirt, pants, and a hat when spending long times outdoors to keep from getting burned. Wear sunglasses that have both UVA and UVB protection to prevent from developing melanoma around the eyes. Avoid midday sun when the rays are the strongest from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. if you can. With Methodist Mansfield News to Know, I'm Angel Biasati reporting for the About Mansfield podcast.
Realtor Beth Steinke is here with this week's Mansfield Real Estate Market Update. Beth? I have no doubt that I'm going to ruffle some feathers with this week's subject, but this is one of the most common real estate questions we get asked. Who owns and maintains the fence? I'm going to put a disclaimer out right off the bat. There are some rules that differ state to state. So while you may have grown up somewhere on the East Coast or Midwest, and the rules may be a little bit different, I've scoured the internet to make sure I'm bringing you the most accurate information for Texas homeowners. I have to imagine that somewhere along the way, one crafty landowner must have looked at his rickety fence falling down and in no mood to deal with it, started a rumor that if the poles are on your side of the fence, that you own it and must maintain it. I find this particular rumor to be deeply ingrained in people's psyche because the internet will rise up and fight you if you try to challenge it. I can find no legal basis of truth to this rumor, so if you are guilty of perpetuating this fence myth, I'm sorry, it's time to put that one to bed. In a neighborhood where homes were all built during development, almost all of the time the fences were placed on the boundary lines of the property. When a fence is built to separate two different parcels of land between two houses and is not distinctly built on one person's lot, that fence is considered co-owned. That means that there is a shared responsibility for maintaining it. Now, does that mean you can march next door and demand that they pay their half to replace it? Actually, no. No one can compel a neighbor to spend money that they don't have just because you decide the fence needs to be replaced. So what are your options if the fence needs to be replaced? First, use the good neighbor approach. Have a casual conversation about the disrepair of the fence with your neighbor. Ask them if they would like you to get a few quotes or if they would prefer to do the legwork. Do this with all of the neighbors who would be involved in that fence replacement. You'll find out pretty quickly who is going to be cooperative and who isn't. And which one of your neighbors is going to want the fanciest, most expensive fence type, and which one is thinking they can just repair the fence themselves. At least you'll know where you stand. But let's say you get two of the three involved neighbors to agree to replace the fence. They've approved the bid, but your one holdout neighbor is a hard no. You have a couple of choices. You can leave the fence as is and replace the two agreeable sides. You can foot the bill for that side just to have it uniform in a completely new fence, or you can put up the new fence just inside your property line, leaving them to deal with a yucky one. I don't really recommend this for most properties because you will, in effect, lose a few inches of your yard, and if that neighbor ever moves and you have a more cooperative neighbor move in, now that would really be your fence because it's on your property fully. On rural properties, the fences are often assembled by the owners rather than a fencing company and can meander off the property line. It's really important to have a survey on hand when you are adding fencing so you know that you are on your own property. Over time, a bad fence line can cause property disputes down the road. What about the decorative brick fence or wrought iron fence the HOA requires along the perimeter of the neighborhood? Generally speaking, that would be covered by the HOA if it needed repair, but you need to make sure to read through your covenants and restrictions and ask the right questions before you buy. If you are buying, or already own for that matter, a house with a brick perimeter fence in a neighborhood that does not have an HOA, you need to know that you could be held financially responsible should it fail. All good reasons you want an experienced real estate agent by your side. We've got your back. Now let's get into this week's Mansfield Real Estate Market Update. As of Tuesday, August 9th, there are 148 active and available homes for sale in Mansfield, excluding new construction. Homes range from a fixer-upper at $230,000, with the list topping out at $2.2 million, with nine homes priced over $900,000. 24 homes are listed under $350,000, including one with a pool. 
13 homes sold last week, and the average closing price was right at list price. Are there real estate topics you want to learn more about? Send me a message at info at aboutmansfield.com. For the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Beth Steinke with Century 21 Judge Fight. Shaken or stirred? Either way, you know it's going to be good, as Brian Certain is serving up another Cocktail of the Week. Brian? This week's Cocktail of the Week is the Old Glory. Starting today and for the next several weeks, I'll be featuring cocktails that'll help you take a couple of degrees off your home as you drink these beautiful concoctions. My son, Cooper, who just turned 22 and to no one's surprise had developed quite a palate for fine cocktails, recently turned me on to a list of 19 fruity cocktails that are mouthwatering delicious on the Town & Country magazine website. Today is the first of those cocktails that we have tried at home. But as always, don't worry about taking notes as I'll be giving out all the ingredients and instructions and posting them on bourbongospel.com. So the ingredients for the old glory, you'll need eight to 10 blueberries. You'll need two ounces of a good vodka, one ounce of fresh lemon juice, one ounce of simple syrup, and one to two ounces of Pinot Noir. Instructions. First, you can take the blueberries and put them at the bottom of a double old-fashioned glass and muddle them. You're then going to take vodka, the lemon, and the simple syrup and add to the glass along with ice and shake vigorously until chilled and well combined. You're going to then strain the cocktail glass over the blueberries and ice. Then you're going to use the Pinot Noir wine with a little bar trick by turning the bar spoon upside down and slowly pouring over the upside down spoon. This allows the wine to disperse and float on top as a red wine floater. This one's courtesy of the Kingsley in New York City. And again, we got this on the Town & Country website. But as always, I'm open to hear your take and input. You can reach me at bourbongospel at gmail.com. And until next week, as Mark Twain said, too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Brian Zerden. Hi, I'm Dr. Janine Huang with United Dermatology Associates, and you are listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casio as we make the transition from news to talk. And in the studio today, we love uh, talking about education here in in Mansfield, and especially since this being August 10th, Wednesday, uh, the day of this release, it is uh, the first week of school. And so with us in the studio today is Allison Foster Halliburton, and we are going to talk about, uh, there's an organization here in town on Facebook called the Mansfield Organization of Voting Educators, or MOVE, if you will. And uh, first of all, let's welcome uh, Allison Foster Halliburton. Welcome to About Mansfield. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, tell us about this this organization. First of all, how long has it been around and what was the purpose of, of forming MOVE? So a few years ago, I would say maybe... Four or five years ago, um, driving around during local elections, I was on my way to work. I noticed uh, campaign signs that said, you know, just sitting, at, I was just sitting at a red light and I saw campaign signs that said firefighters four and it would have a, um, you know, city council member's name mm-hmm. um, or police officers four. And I was just sitting there just looking at it and I thought, why don't we have signs that say teachers support teachers four? And I just, 
made a little mental note, made my way to work and, you know, had kind of thought about it. Um, COVID hit and it, you, everybody had a little bit more time to think. And that fall of uh, 2020, um, I reached out to a coworker and asked if she wanted to form a group that would uh, be involved in um informing educators about local school board candidates. And it was the beginning of our first year where we were part virtual, part in person, and we just kind of tabled it. And then the great freeze happened <laughs> in 2021. Yep. And we were sitting around, I meaning her in her house, me in my house. And um, we formed it right there. She said, hey, do you still want to do this? And I said, absolutely. Are you ready? And um, our, our our goals are, we're nonpartisan. Um, our goals were there's there are school board elections every year and we don't know where the candidates stand as far as educators are concerned like we can read as far as how they um, support parents um, but we don't see so much the questions that are educator specific and so um, we formed it then in February of 2021 we held our first um, educator school board candidate meet and greet I believe that was March of 2021 it might have been April um, and then we went ahead and endorsed candidates and um, put information out um, based on we got questions basically from different educators in the district. Um, we whittled those questions down. We sent those out to the candidates. They responded to them. Yeah. We had our meet and greet. We so a lot like what the um, League of Women Voters does, sends out a questionnaire. Correct. And the the uh, candidates fill out that questionnaire and, and send it back. Okay. Yes. And so, so let's go back. Uh, first of all, you are an educator. Correct. Without mentioning the specific school, what level of grade do you do you teach? I have high school. Okay. And you've been a an educator for how long? Fifteen years. Fifteen years. And then you your 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 partner, uh, she is also an educator. Correct. Of what grade level? Same. And how many years? She's probably I don't know, probably at least twenty. So the two of you aren't brand new teachers Correct. who are just trying to put together an organization. Correct. What's been the the general opinion of the organization that, that you've put together on Facebook? Uh, are you seeing a lot of positivity come out of it? Is, are you getting any pushback on it? or? We're getting both. So our Facebook page is just a way we can communicate um, information with our you know, I want to say members, we don't have like an official membership application, but people who are interested. Um, we do also have a website because there are a lot of people that are not on Facebook. Um, but uh, among educators like teachers and counselors, um, you know, paraprofessionals, we've gotten a lot of positive um, feedback, people that are very happy that we're doing this, um, compiling the information, because it is a lot of work, um, compiling the information for them, making it easy. Obviously, yes, we endorse um, candidates, and they're free to vote however they wish to vote. They have the information now for them. Um, as far as the community, um, we've had both. We've had a lot of positive. We get DMs, people that don't feel um, 
comfortable publicly, you know, stating things, right. telling us really wonderful things. And then we've had people DM us, um, you know, that they're not happy with us. Um, I've, I've looked up many of the names and they do not appear to be fellow educators in the district. So they appear to be community members. Um, so we have people that follow our page, which it's a public page. It's, it's, we're very transparent. Right. We, it's on a private p- page. We're not like checking membership against, you know, are you actually a teacher or a para in the district? Um, um, but some things we've gotten some negative, uh, you know, pushback on. And um, I feel like, I, I guess that's just par for the course in this environment right now. So when MOVE uh, endorses a candidate, this is not the school district officially. Oh, absolutely not. This is an organization Correct. of volunteer educators Correct. who just happen to put together an organization. Are you a PAC? No, we're not. So we don't accept any money. And um, we don't spend any money. Our members are free to uh, spend money as they wish, um, but we don't receive any money from any candidates or members, um, and we don't spend any money as a group. So we're really just a, a nonpartisan, uh, grassroots, um, I mean, just we're, we're an educating group. So even outside of um, the election season, we're constantly um, educating uh, educators on their rights, just information. We do a Do You Know Monday post oh. um, with random tidbits like um since we've had the, you know, it's been a year and a half. So the past two Julys, we always make sure a couple of days before the resignation deadline, just to remind teachers like, hey, July 3rd, July 4th, July 5th, whatever date it is for the year, this is your official like deadline day. If you resign after this day, they can withhold your certification. Just little things like that, that we do weekly, um, keeping people um, updated on resignations has been kind of a big thing lately that we've wanted to inform the public on. I was going to say, because there seems to be more outflow than inflow in terms of uh, resignations versus hirings. And there seem to be a lot of job openings within, but let's say specifically Mansfield ISD. There are. I mean, it's a problem in education, but I did look this morning. Um, where we're really struggling, too, is our paraprofessionals. We have about 50 vacancies there, and there's about 75 teacher vacancies. Um, when you look at the paraprofessionals, um, these primarily work with our special education students, and these are kids who are not going to be getting their services if we cannot get these aids in the door. Um, for teachers, that's uh, obviously that that's a big impact on students because that means you're starting the year with a long-term substitute. Um, And that's not the same thing as having a fully certified, trained, uh, experienced teacher in the classroom. Uh, Other teachers have to step in to help. So that also hurts their students as well. It it really is a team effort. Um, So, and it's a big education. It's a big education problem. And and some of our... um, you know, negativity that we've had on our page lately has been, well, this is happening everywhere. Well, that's fine. But I'm <laughs> concerned about Mansfield. Right. These are my people. And I, I was going to mention that too, that it's right. not only happening in this district, it's happening all over the country. I I, I am seeing, and I just saw this on the, the news the other day, that uh, there are some districts that offer signing bonuses and, and 
I actually see in some cases sizable signing bonuses. I, I don't know if if Mansfield is doing that. And no, not no. We had we don't have the signing bonus that I know of, unless something has happened. Um, we have the past two years, which was really great. Um, we got a five hundred dollar bonus. Um, in let's see here, that would have been twenty. 2020-21 school year. And then last year in the 2021-2022 school year, we got a $1,000 bonus. And that makes a huge difference. Like we have a lot of teachers, especially at the high school level, that are double educator families. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for them, that's $2,000. I mean, yeah. that, 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 is, that is a huge chunk of change. We have, That's a good Friday night out on it, the town. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a lot of teachers that um, and paraprofessionals that work um, second jobs. And so um, that, you know, people will also make those comments on our page that it's just a $1,000 difference or it's just a $2,000 difference. What about those single moms that we have and those single dads Um, or, you know, a a family where their spouse has been laid off um, or a disability in the family, you know, parents that are we're parents too. Like we want to provide for our children just as much as everybody else does. So when I when we see those comments that this is happening everywhere, I don't think that that means that it should be, that it's just because it is that it should. One of the comments that I see a lot uh, on, on social media is is that uh, for one of the reasons why a lot of people are resigning as, as educators is, is because of, of discipline problems in the schools. Uh, do you see that as a problem and, and how do we turn that around? Yes. So I think even before COVID, um, you know, we, we've, Obviously, we, we've had uh, discipline issues. That's just been around since. I mean, think about well, when we were when in I high was, school. Yes, oh, when yeah. I was when I think about was... the things that I did, I was a holy terror. So, <laughs> you know, um, COVID just made it worse um, for for myriad reasons. Um, and and we do need, um, we need a better grip on discipline. Absolutely. Um, the schools need help. So when I look at um, a high school, um, in my opinion, I don't think we have um, enough assistant principals to help. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are limited. Um, we do have this year um, AP interns, which I think is great. So the district has listened to the administrators on the campus level's concerns and teachers. And so the high schools are getting, I believe, two AP interns, um, which will be extra, you know, hands on deck, people that aren't teaching classes. Um, and a lot of the pushback also comes from, sadly, parents. So when we try to discipline kids, we get pushback from the parents. And, th- and that's been really hard as when you you try to do something. I'll give you a perfect example. I've given, there was one student two years ago that I gave multiple, multiple warnings about their cell phone. And I even emailed home and said, Hey, um, your child is uh, struggling with paying attention in class. They're failing. This is probably a reason why next time I'm going to take it up. I took the phone up. Um, the student asked to go to the bathroom, you know, we have hour and a half classes. So I don't know, maybe 20 minutes later. And then, um, a secretary was in my room about 15 minutes later asking for the phone and they gave it back to the kid after my class. And so that was the parent, you know, and, and I, there's two, there's twofold, you know, we've, we've got the issues in our own classrooms that we're dealing with, but then we're also, you know, we're, we're fighting against parents, um, parents who are saying my kid is not the problem. Correct. And my kid is not the problem and his cell phone, I need to be, I need to have 24 hour access to my, my, my child. And as a result of that, that child needs 
needs their phone on their yes. possession. Yes. And the majority of parents are great. Like you send an email home, a lot don't respond. That's fine, but a lot do. So I, I don't want to say that's all, you know, every parent, but it is, you know, there's a lot of, I hear from the administration too. So to defend them, cause I, I'm very um, vocal. I will ask like, Hey, I think this should have happened. Why didn't it happen? I will go seek out those assistant principals and ask them, you know, uh, and sometimes maybe I, I'm a little bit passionate about it, you know, <laughs> uh, but uh, I will ask. And sometimes it is well, the parent felt that. Yeah. And I don't know what the admin does. Like, I understand like it's their job too. At the end of the day, like they've, they've got to make us happy. They've got to make the students happy. They've got to make the community happy and, and, and someone loses out. And a note to the parents that this actually really does work in changing attitude of removing your child's bedroom door (laughs) and, uh, and, and giving the teacher the benefit of the doubt. Why would a teacher send you an email with erroneous information. So uh, I I can tell you firsthand, (laughs) removing the door from your child's bedroom does a tremendous amount of attitude adjustment, especially when they don't get their door back for two months. Ah, that's good to know. And my kids are not yet of teenage age. So I have a seven year old and 11 year old, but hopefully you'll, you'll never have to, uh, (laughs) I hope not to reach that point. Um, Tell me, let's get back more into, uh, into move the Mansfield organization of voting educators. And um, you do get into the issues during the, the times where it is time to vote, but uh, throughout the year, it becomes an informational portal Correct. And uh, how much of that is it really is information versus opinion? Um, I think it's all. I'd, I'd have to really look. I feel like we do a good job of everything is pretty fact-based. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we put any opinions out there except for perhaps um, we did do one um, a couple of months ago saying how great MISD was and like, please tell people to apply and we're looking for a few good teachers. So, you know, I guess that is opinionated, yeah, but, um, but I feel like it's positive. So, right. uh, but I do believe the majority of the information we give out um, is, is just like any good teacher. Like when we're in the classroom, we present both sides. We don't have an agenda that we're pushing per se. Um, We're just trying to advocate for fellow educators. We genuinely want to provide a platform for them um, because most educators are busy and don't have time to do all this research on their own. Like they just don't. I mean, teachers, again, they, their job is very difficult, but then they also have their own lives. So we just are uh, like any good educator is we're educating. We're educating educators. And it's great when we have <laughs> the public follow our page because they find out information that they wouldn't know because they don't work in a school. Just because you went to school does not mean that you know what happens in a school. Just like if I were to say, oh, I live in this house. I know how it was built. I know everything about building homes because I live in a home. So we're trying to educate what goes on inside the classroom, um, you know, right. for everyone. Right. So it's built by educators. It's run by educators. It is a, in a sense, an informational portal for educators, but it's a public, uh, it's a public Facebook page or group Correct. that anyone can can subscribe to and uh, yes. and get information. Yeah. And you can like it or you can follow it. So if you don't want to say that you like us, then we do have people that follow the group but don't like the group, which I understand. 
You have an event coming up now. This interview, even though we are recording it on on Friday, August fifth, the date of this release is Wednesday, August tenth. And uh, for those that are actually listening today, Wednesday, August tenth, you have an event coming up tonight or today. Yes. So at um, four thirty, four thirty to five thirty at the Ancora Event Center. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, we uh, have asked uh, Pastors for Texas Children. It's a nonprofit group. Um, it's a group of pastors that are pro uh, public education uh, to come and just host an event. Uh, it's a teacher appreciation. Just a ref- There's going to be refreshments. There's going to be pastors there. Um, Representative Cook is going to say a few words. Um, we have asked Michael uh, Evans, the mayor, to say a few words. He's going to be out of town, so we're hoping to get him uh, to record something. Um, and just giving teachers a good send off because uh, that next Wednesday is the start of school. Teachers report back uh, on Monday. So um, right. it's just a, we just thought it would be nice to have um, an event where teachers could come together, you know, paraprofessionals, just educators and have the community around us wish us a great school year. You got your classroom ready to go? Nope, not at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> but then when you report on Monday, isn't that part of yes. uh, you have a week to get it ready? Well, that's funny. That's been something that we have had um, uh, educators uh, have posted about on our Facebook page. We're also meeting next week uh, a few educators with Raise Your Hand Texas. That's a nonprofit group that Charles Butt, the founder of HEB, has started again, another wonderful pro-public education group to talk about teacher retention. Um, and that's something that people have commented on. We just said, what would you like to for us to say? If you had to talk about teacher retention, what are some issues? And a lot of teachers brought up the professional development week. We only get two days, two work days. The rest are, are filled with meetings. Oh, okay. And so many teachers have been back this week unpaid. Uh, setting up their classrooms. I I personally do more lesson planning in the summer. Um, There's not air conditioning in the building in the summer. And I just, I don't know, I can work at my own leisure at home. And so uh, I do that. But a lot of teachers have been up this week, um, fully unpaid, setting up their classrooms to make sure they have the time to do it. It's funny because I I mentioned off the air before the interview that I had had, uh, breakfast this morning with a gentleman who just retired. His wife is a teacher. He had to leave the breakfast to go meet his wife at her school and to help set her up. But it's not, it's not the day to, 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 that's right. They start on Monday, not today, Friday. Right. Now our new teachers started back, new teachers to the district started back this week. Oh, and she's not a new teacher. She's, she's a long timer. And I don't know what school district she works in, but, um, so, all right. To uh, in the, in the uh, couple of minutes that we have left, uh, give, give the website address. It is votingeducators.weebly.com. And how can they find out more information on the Facebook page? And, and, and then, which also begs the question, are you on any other social platforms? No, we're just on Facebook. We just have our... Um our uh, website, which you can send us an email. We have a uh, email address set up um, from that website. You can also DM us on Facebook. Anybody is welcome to join. Anybody is welcome to join the process of vetting the questions that we submit to the candidates each year, um, going through all of the candidates' questions, coming to our events. Like We're very open. We would love to have more teachers. So we are fully open to any educator in the district, even if you don't live 
live in the district. So even if you can't vote, you still have a hand in the process because this is your day-to-day work life that it affects. So if you want to be a part of the process, you can. It's called the Mansfield Organization of Voting Educators. Allison Foster Halliburton has been my guest. And uh, yeah, go check it out Uh, again on on its uh, website or on its Facebook page. Uh, Allison, I appreciate your time and uh, thanks for being on About Mansfield. Thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed this and I really appreciate you, you know, having me in today to, to talk about this important issue. Thank you so much. Coming up next week on About Mansfield, we will talk in studio with the supervisor for the city's cultural arts department. That's Rosalie Gilbert. As always, this is the place where you'll hear the latest Mansfield news, sports and weather. Until then, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, share, love, support this podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Just enter your email address on our website, aboutmansfield.com. We will never send you any spam. We promise. About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casillo and Colleen Daniel. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. Science reporter, Dennis Webb. Methodist Mansfield News to Know, Angel Biasati, Mansfield Real Estate Market Update, Beth Steinke, Ask Terry Home Improvement, Terry Radswin, Cocktail of the Week, Brian Certain, Post-Production Editing, Mixing, and Mastering, Steve Casillo, and Jacob Atkinson. We thank you all for listening. Happy Staff Development Week for all of the teachers for MISD. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casillo, and this is About Mansfield. <laughs>